This podcast discusses content that may be triggering for some listeners. Please be advised, discussions include gambling language, types of gambling, and addiction. Hello and welcome to the Hidden Addiction Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Mid-Hudson Problem Gambling Resource Center under the New York Council on Problem Gambling. Across New York State, we have seven resource centers dedicated to connecting individuals to care. We are here to increase awareness about problem gambling and advocate for support services for persons adversely affected by problem gambling. Gambling is defined as risking something of value on a game of chance. There can be many types of gambling and it can affect anyone at any time in their life. It may not be talked about often and kept in the dark, but we hope this podcast sheds light on the hidden addiction of gambling and brings forth resources and information for you to use. Hello, welcome to the Mid-Hudson Problem Gambling Resource Center podcast called The Hidden Addiction. So today you have myself, Leilani Yizer-Reed. Hi, I'm Amanda Kingbana. And I'm Colleen Jones. And we make up the Mid-Hudson Problem Gambling Resource Center. So today we will be talking about ourselves, ourselves and our background and, and our professional background, but why we're here, how did we get here? Why are we into this work? Why are we staying within this work? And why do we feel that problem gambling um, or gambling addiction is important for the community to know? So just listen to us talk and have a open, honest, and fun conversation about who we are because we wanted you to know who you're listening to. So, ladies. Oh, I was going to say, Leilani, do you want to start just like talking about like what your professional background is and then like we can both jump in on ours? Sure. Get it started. Okay. So for me, Leilani, my professional background, um, many moons ago, (laughs) I started working out, working with children and families, doing advocacy work um, in Westchester County. But um, after I left that particular, the organization I was working with, I then started going into prevention work in the addiction field. And that was kind of different for me. Um, Before I was just doing social service type of work, but addiction is just a different field. Providing prevention uh, messaging specifically towards youth and making sure that, you know, they stay away from drugs because I guess growing up, the program for us was DARE, what it stands for, drugs, DARE, Lord. That means I didn't pass. (laughs) If I can't remember what DARE stands for, that means I didn't pass. To my credit, it was too many years ago and I don't think they still run the program. And if they do, good job for continuing to educate the youth. But going back to my professional background, um, 
about six years ago, I got into the uh, addiction world, um, specifically addiction prevention. And it's not, it's been three, three years that we've been working with the PGRC. Two and a half. Two and a half, two and a half, that I started to go into gambling addiction. And it was a, I had a leg up because I came from prevention or addiction um, prevention background, but I did not know anything about gambling addiction. I knew of gambling because we go to the casinos, but I did not know of the severity of um, gambling addiction. And working here at the New York Council on Problem Gambling, it has opened my eyes to another community that needs a light shined on it. It doesn't need to be hidden anymore. It needs to be out in the open and people's stories um, need to be heard and respected. So that's kind of how I got here. Ladies. I can go next. Um, so after uh, graduating school, I went to um, work as a case manager and I did case management regarding child welfare uh, through prevention work as a preventive case manager. And I work with a caseload of, I think upwards of like 20 families. Um, and that was an intense job covering a variety of populations and, and factors and things that were happening, including addiction, intimate partner violence, housing insecurity, food insecurity, you know, the list kind of goes on. And, and that, was, that was quite intensive, a very a very impactful job, but uh, I learned a lot from that position, but it definitely was very, very stressful. So that was a short-lived stint where I got a lot out of it, but it was definitely my time to leave. Um, and after that, like Leilani, I went and worked um, at the Mid-Hudson Prevention Resource Center doing community-based prevention. Um, so shout out to the Prevention Resource Center for really teaching me uh, so much about just the field of addiction, the, the disease of addiction, how it impacts the individual, how it impacts the family, how it impacts the community. Um, and in that position, I was focused on community-based prevention of substance misuse amongst youth, a mouthful for sure, um, but a really important job. And I learned so much and we were able to provide so much training and receive so much training. And uh, actually in that role was the, the first time that I had um, Similar, like, similar to Leilani, I had, you know, been aware that gambling existed, right? You know, the lottery is real, you know, the casinos are there. But I hadn't realized how gambling could pose such of a pretty serious impact and um, cause such detriment to families until that position, or actually our, what is Jamie's position? She's the, the Bureau Director of Training and Prevention or something like that. I think, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I went to a training that Jamie was putting on, um, talking about we gambling. Both there. We were both there. No, so there was one in New Paltz, and then we went to the one in Albany. So, oh. the, yeah, so she had a, it was the two-day training that our clinicians take. So I actually went to the two-day training, um, and I, you know, sat through the training, and it was, she did a great job. I mean, praise Jamie and her, her training skills. Um, really kind of right? Open that door. And I was like, wow, okay. Gambling. Interesting. Didn't know about that. Um, and then some weeks or months, really, who knows my internal clock is all messed up, but 
some time later, we were at a, a conference in Albany and Leilani and I were both there through our positions at the PRC and they presented the concept and idea of this new program called the Problem Gambling Resource Centers. And it was uh, so interesting. And, and then, I, I don't know, the universe, fates, whoever you want to call it, just the stars aligned. And um, I was able to kind of get in contact with, you know, those in charge of the position and, and dominoes fell and here we are. But it definitely was quite a, quite a journey. Amanda, don't be coy. I mean, you know that I hooked you up with the job. I only had a conference and she was like, I just got a new job. But anyway, neither here nor there. The stars aligned. And I'm so happy to be working at the PGRC with the best team in the world. Oh, that's so nice of you, Amanda. Um, so I'll go next, obviously. Um, my story is a little different than Amanda's and Leilani's. Um, just come from a different background. Um, I worked mainly in higher education. Um, I worked in housing, res life, and facilities. So I worked a lot with students. I worked with different departments on campus, um, fielding all kinds of phone calls. Um, and honestly, the work that I was doing, I loved working with the students. I loved working with different departments, all that. Um, I enjoyed being on a college campus, but um, like Amanda was saying with one of her jobs, it, it did get very stressful and I was just looking for a change of pace. Uh, so I had heard about this job with the program manager. So I knew I would be talking to people, answering the phone, um, you know, connecting them to care, which, you know, it was kind of similar to what I did, especially when I was back in res life, you know, talking to students, getting them connected to resources on campus, finding out what they needed. So it really kind of fell into place. And one thing I talk about all the time, um, you know, Amanda and Leilani, I've heard this story multiple times. Um, you know, I talk about, I had a student once who punched a hole in a wall, caused a lot of damage, had him in my office. We're talking about what happened. Why do you punch the hole in the wall? And at the time, um, DraftKings was legal in New York state. And he had said, I lost a ton of money on DraftKings. And he wouldn't tell me how much, cause he was so embarrassed about how much money he had lost on this game that he bet on. And, you know, back then I, I had no knowledge of problem gambling. Like, yes, I knew gambling happened, you know, your scratch offs, bingo at the casino. I think, you know, we talk about the casino a lot because the first thing that comes to mind, but, you know, looking back on it now, I didn't even think that this can might be, you know, struggling with the gambling problem or that he was just having problems with his gambling, right? Like he might not have disordered gambling at this time but I think this job has really opened my eyes to see, you know, how much gambling can impact any individual. Um, in particular, you know, I still, I still have a special place in my heart for higher education and for college age students. So for me, doing this work has really allowed me also to still kind of work with those college age students, get some information out there. You know, we created the college toolkit because we do know those college students are at a higher risk. So like I said, it's it's nice to know like all of our backgrounds have a place in the work that we do now. Um, it's just about like opening our eyes to, to what's really going on there with problem gambling and how it affects so many people. It's interesting, like when you talk about that story, because yes, we have heard it, but the, our um, viewers haven't. Our, my views on gambling have, they change every day. And like for the better, you know, um, the more and more I 
think or I speak about uh, uh, gambling addiction, the more and more I see how it's connected to so many different avenues, so many different things in this world. Um, my small, very small window of, of gambling coming in, obviously was just like the casinos and you know, lottery things. I like, I didn't partake in those activities. Um, maybe sometimes when I'm feeling a little lucky, but I'm also cheap. So I, I <laughs> personally, um, I like to spend my money on food. So maybe that's my gamble, <laughs> but um you 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 turn to, you tend to learn how it how it's connected whether it's connected through the mental health system whether it's connected through domestic violence um uh crime law enforcement homelessness all these things and how it's there's so you can literally connect a line to gambling that will just it can always bounce back i think that's something that has really opened up my eyes and the more and more i present or do trainings on it, I try to get people to see like, it, it opened my eyes. I know it can open your eyes. We just need to be able to have an open and honest conversation about it. And I think that's what we try to do here is, and, and I think that's what the NYCPG really taught me um, is we're just here to have a conversation. I think that was like the first thing that they said to us. We're just here to have a conversation. Let's just, you know, Jim, let's just have a conversation. We just want to, you know, say who we are. Leave, you know, he goes back to that whole imprint. You know, if they, if you leave a lasting impression, they will know who you are. And literally, it, I think what we've been trying to do recently with our listening sessions is literally about having a conversation. Me, I do barely do the talking. And if I do need to talk, it's just replying back to what somebody else says and maybe giving a little bit more insight to say, maybe think about, think about it in this way so that it can connect to them. So it's, it's, it's the listening, it's, it's the conversation and it's definitely the connection. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with the whole having the conversation and, you know, just to bring it back, you know, to my, the, the working with the college students, like, you know, we have conversations about drugs and alcohol all the time, right? And how they can be harmful, but we don't have the conversation about how gambling can be harmful. And I think, like you said, Leilani, it's just important to just bring that to the table to have that conversation and add that gambling piece in there so that, you know, the community knows, um, knows what's, what's going on and people might be aware of what's happening, but they not, might not be aware of the impacts that gambling can have on someone. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like every time, well, pre-COVID, every time we would walk into a room, you'd get the, oh, the gambling girls are here, right? And, and as we start having these conversations, there's always someone that has a story that says, oh my goodness, you know, what you're talking about reminds me of my uncle or what you're talking about reminds me of my niece or my brother or my sister or my father, whatever the case may be. Uh, and, and how they used to gamble. And, and would you believe that they used to gamble? Um, and, and we had so much debt or we had this or whatever the case may be, right? So when we talk about problem gambling from a macro level, from our society, from our service providers, you're right. We're, we're not talking about 
problem gambling, right? Those conversations, well, the three of us are obviously talking about problem gambling, but as a society, it's it's not in the limelight as we'd like to kind of move it to, right? Move it out of the shadows and into these conversations. But when you break it down and you start having conversations one-on-one with individuals, there's always a story. There's always someone that knows someone or, or, or I heard a story of my friend of a friend or whatever the case may be, where they were impacted by problem gambling or gambling maybe wasn't a, a, a full addiction, but I mean, it, it was causing some problems in the life or whatever the case may be, right? And I think that's why NYCPG takes that approach is because when you try to, I don't want to say bum rush, but just, you know, flood the gates with, hey, we're doing all this problem gambling and work and join us and 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 blah, 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 right? Uh, that can be a little overwhelming. And there are so many things happening and there are so many service providers offering these programs and supports and that are all so important and necessary and very grateful that you're here. Um, so to, to consider adding one more thing to consider can feel so overwhelming and I understand, but when you break it down to that individual story or that individual interaction, I think everyone can, can see how gambling can kind of, can have that impact. When I think when I, when I first started working here, I mean, we were doing a lot of code calling because we needed to get clinicians on board because how can we even promote problem gambling and say that we offer um, access to treatment if we don't have any clinicians on board. So I think that like, like one of, that was like most like annoying part of the job for me. <laughs> Cause I just felt so out of place doing code calling. Cause it just like, I'm getting jumbled with my words and then I'm like, Oh, and I got to repeat or, you know, do something, but it, it, for me, what's natural for me is to have conversations. So I think that's why I ended up in the, you know, TL role and a team leader role. <laughs> grateful, grateful that I ended up in this role because it, um, what we're seeing like versus when we first started. So when we first started, we were doing a lot of tabling and events and even do, now we do tabling events. But now that we've kind of shifted to these listening sessions, what like, and I'm going back to what you were saying, Amanda, like w- w- people, if they first see us, I don't have, they, when you, you have this word problem gambling, I don't have a problem. You know, people get, they, they get, they get tense. They like, it's almost like, are you targeting me? Like, I don't have this issue. So kind of recoil, say that again. They kind of recoil, like, oh, exactly. pull back. Like, it's not me. And then, but when we've had these simple, simple conversations, whether it's with a, a store clerk or um, like we did the barbershop or um, small community conversations, you can literally just be like, it's so casual and just asking and just, simple communication, they, people have opened up a little bit more and we're more inclined to receive the information rather than just be like, here's a palm card. Here you go. And not understand because sometimes just handing out palm cards without explanation, because you, when you're doing events, tabling events, it's kind of like a high and buy, but when you're having a conversation it it's been, it's been helpful to the individual who's receiving, but it's been most most helpful for me to connect with people. 
And I, I, I feel like that is just, it makes the job even better when I can make those connections. And I just like connecting with people in general because that's just like what I do. So something that you said really, I don't know, light bulb event, I guess for me, um, thinking back to when we first started, when we were cold calling, when we were handing out palm cards, we were doing all these things. You know, the three of us are very transparent. Prior to PGRC, we were not gambling experts, right? We did not know what was happening in the field of problem gambling. We didn't know a fraction of what we know now. Um, so when we first started, although we did have some training that was provided through the council, you know, we were still very like in our infantile stage of even understanding, um, what is that novice? We were, we were at the bottom of the barrel. And so looking back now, I think we've even as a team had this conversation that, you know, talking about problem gambling then and talking about problem gambling now, we're completely different people. We're a completely different team. We have a completely different presence, right? When we first started, we, it was, basically we had a script in front of us and we're like, okay, these are the points we have to make. And how can we convince this person that we're talking to or this provider that we're talking to, how can we convince you that we are the experts you need? Even though we had, we were like, I don't know, not that we didn't know what we were talking about, but we were new, you know, we were still learning. Our feet were just wet. We were navigating it with everyone else. Whereas now when we talk about problem gambling and how it impacts our community, how it impacts the individual, their families, you know, what treatment options there are, what recovery options there are. We now can have these conversations on that one-to-one more personal level and be authentic. And I think that's one of the things that I love about our team is that we all show up exactly as we are, right? We don't show up to be, we are the PGRC and we put on my, my uniform and strip on my, you know, I don't know, whatever metaphor I'm trying to make that's not really working, but we're exactly who we are, right? I'm Amanda, that's Colleen, that's Leilani, and we're here to just provide care and concern. We're here to have a conversation. Will you chat with us? You know, and I love that about our team because I think the work is so important and the information is so important, but it also matters how you deliver it. And I think, Leilani, that's what you were saying, right? Okay, the delivery is also important. And so um, shout out to you guys, right? And us because hashtag dream team. You know, even outside, Colleen, do you have anything to say? Sorry. <laughs> no, go with your thought. Go with your train of thought. I'll jump in later. So, no, I was just going to say, like, even outside of our job and what we do with the community and talking about gambling addiction, problem gambling, um, personally, I know, and I know you guys all feel, because even if you don't feel, I'm going to make you feel. No. <laughs> But I feel that we take care of each other. And I think that's what makes us work well, to be able to then serve the community. And that's what helps. That's what's helped. uh, That's definitely what's helped me um, be able to do my job is because you guys, you two, um, support me and whatever that looks like. And so that just makes it just a tad bit better. But I know I do most of the caretaking here. Okay. (laughs) Um, Well, I think of what your point was about like us, you know, caring about each other and then getting into the community. 
and like listening to them and understanding where they're coming from. But I think what's also important is like letting the community know that like we do, like Jim says, care and concern, right? That's what we do here. So if someone needs resources, is looking for resources, like they know they're calling into an organization that, you know, we care about those people in that community. We care about getting them connected to help. I mean, we have all called our clinicians, gotten them onboarded. We know our clinicians. We know that those clinicians that are trained in problem gambling treatment are, are care and concern about every single client. And they're gonna be there to support them, whether it's a family member who, you know, is struggling with their loved ones gambling, or it's someone who is struggling with their gambling themselves. Like we are here to help them get to the place that they want to be and to recognize that there are so many resources. I mean, we've also had the privilege of, you know, meeting so many people in the recovery community, in GA, in Gammonon, who have been super supportive of all the work that we're doing and getting clients and individuals into care. And it's just been really, really great. And I think the important thing to know, like, you know, we're also working, I think on like destigmatizing, getting help for your, for your gambling. And that's like a very important piece as well for the community to know that, you know, it's okay to pick up the phone and call for help, like to call for resources, because that's what we're here for. Yeah. I think that, you know, something you said, Colleen really resonated is that, we're trying really hard to reduce that stigma, not only with problem gambling, but addiction as a whole, mental health as a whole, right? Like we are, all of us, the three of us on this call, you guys listening at home, anyone that we've ever spoken to, it's just people talking to people, right? We're just trying to connect on that human level and say, you know, hey, how can we help? How can we meet you with care and concern? How can we, um, you know, meet you where you're at? All that person-centered language that we hear about, right? Like let's break it down and shed, you know, yes, we're professionals in this sector and we have to approach each other with that respect and dignity, but we're all people, right? And we all experience happiness and joy and chaos and concern and, and anger and, and all these emotions. And how can we show up for each other in that moment? And obviously I'm a big fan of our team, but I think the PGRC network as a whole, NYCPG as a whole, does a really good job at approaching problem gambling and approaching the community in our state with that idea, right? How can we as people help you as people? Um, I think that's, that's really important to mention. No, it is very important to mention because that is our foundation. And whatever backgrounds that we came from, uh, it was a different foundation. It was a different way of working. It's a different way of thinking. And it, it's helped us transform into the way we work now. I mean, I think we had, we, we each individually had a professional foundation and then coming into this, this job, it was a different foundation, but it was a, a positive community-based care and concern type of foundation, which has helped us shift how we, how we, how we, how we move into the community, how we move ourselves or um, work in the community. So what would you like to say to these, what, what should we say to the community? You know, have a conversation with us, <laughs> call us, um, don't run from us, <laughs> you know, uh, no, but you know, I, I, my personal message to the community as a whole 
Um, and this is not just uh, people within the gambling addiction community. This is this is humanity. This is society. My me my message to society is: be open. Um, we never know who's struggling with what. So be open with ear your ears. Be open with your heart, so that people can then be comfortable enough to um, talk about what may be going on with them because you never know who has a gambling addiction. We know that hence our title, Hidden Addiction, it's hidden because people um, do not often talk about it. And there is such a huge stigma as was stated before, there's such a huge stigma um, with it. And we wanna dismantle these stigmas, we want to we want people to be more open. Um, we're hoping that people will be more open to receiving that this is a thing, that this is happening. And we need more prevention and education and um, getting people to help. We need more of that. You guys? So I would just say that my message for those listening would be just kind of continuing in that same light, be open, um, be open to the information, but also understand that there are so many things that we know, or we think we know that may not exactly be true about gambling and problem gambling. Um, so just thinking about, you know, gambling and problem gambling, there were so many misconceptions that we have that I had entering into this role. Um, and even in the conversations that we have with the community thinking about how, gambling can present itself and how problem gambling can impact a person or a family unit or, you know, that thenceforth. Um, just being open to relearning what you think you know um, in regards to how gambling can impact you and what help is available. Like Colleen said, we work so closely with our clinicians. One of the things that they said to us when we first onboarded for this position was when you're looking for clinicians, make sure it's someone that you would send your family to. Make sure it's someone that if your brother calls you and says, hey, I have this issue, you would pick up the phone and call that clinician, the same person you're referring a client to. We make sure that, you know, we approach everything that we do in this job with care and concern. And, and we say it a lot and we laugh a little bit, but it's real, right? We, we hope that, you know, Again, it, with that message, when you're approaching learning and relearning and understanding, you also do that with care and concern. Yeah, and I think you guys both have said everything beautifully about, you know, what we do and what to what to say to the community um, for anyone listening. But you know, the biggest thing is to, you know, give us a call, even if you're not sure if you um, are struggling with your problem gambling or if you have, you know, information you want to share about things you're seeing in you know, in your community and just be open to having that conversation and getting the conversation started. So in conclusion, you have a story of three lovely ladies who were working with, I was trying to do a whole Brady Bunch feel, but I can't. <laughs> but you do have three lovely ladies um, that work together to build a bridge to connecting with the community, to educate, to train, to 
be, get people connected to gambling addiction or problem gambling. So if you know a person or if you yourself is struggling with gambling um, or you, you have a loved one who is struggling, please give us a call. Um, reach out to us. Our number is 914-215-6440. Um, you will get either Amanda or Colleen and we can provide information. We can provide you information if, if going the um, seeing a therapist, going the clini clinical way is not your thing. We do have connections with um, GA and Gaminon. We do have connections with Smart Recovery. We do have connections within the Mid-Hudson region. So to fit your need, just give us a call. That's where it starts. Give us a call. Again, our number is 914-215-6440. Have a good one. Thanks. Thank you. Colin, you're supposed to say end scene. End scene. You better not put that in. Did I just drop the mic? <laughs>